Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important. So I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Matthew chapter 15. Let's go to the 22nd verse. When you get Matthew 15, verse 22, it's custom here at Life Changers to stand to our feet for the reading and the reverence of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 15, verse number 22. 15 and 22. Amen. How many is glad to be here this morning? <laughs> Praise God. How many is going to cook their wife a steak today? <laughs> How many is going to take the wife out to dinner today? <clears throat> Praise God. <laughs> I brought breakfast, but I didn't fix it. Anyway. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 15, verse number 22. Are you there? And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Look at your neighbor and say, she's crying to Jesus. But he answered them, but he, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we ask you, Lord, that you begin to move in this house today. Let your glory move from the top of this building to the bottom, from the side to the side, from the front to the back. Leave nobody and nothing undone. Father, if there's anybody in this building today that's walked away from you, Lord, that doesn't know you, we ask you that by your spirit you bring them and urge them to an old-fashioned altar. And Father, we declare that your word would heal in Jesus' name everybody's said amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I want to say happy, happy Mother's Day. Uh, if your mom is still living, uh, embrace her. Tell her you love her. Amen. Be close to her. Uh, I was just uh, thinking about uh, my mom this morning and all the prayers my mom has prayed. I'm going I'm to preach a message uh, this morning entitled, Don't Mess with a Praying Mama. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't mess with a praying mama. Amen. And uh, in this story here, uh, you get where I, I, I read you, but this uh, Jesus just came from a religious crowd. Uh, 
How many of those religious crowds is mean? How many know religious crowds come up with their own rules? They don't follow the rule of God. They come up with their own rule. Amen. And he just came from a religious crowd. And so the Jews stood up and they began to accuse Jesus for letting his disciples eat without cleaning their hands. Now listen, this wasn't even a rule. It wasn't even a law. It was just a religious place that the Jews had put themselves in that they wanted to try to be above everybody else. So Jesus just comes from a religious crowd, and as he's walking along, here comes a Canaanite woman. Now, this woman is not a Jew. She's on the outside, and she knows that she has no right to confront Jesus because of her nationality. Let me tell you something. That's, that's one thing I'm thankful for Jesus was he broke all them rules. It don't matter what color you are. It don't matter what side of the planet you come from. Come on, somebody. You can still call out Jesus. I'm so glad he's a chain breaker, amen? He broke those chains of religion off of us. And so she comes because she's in trouble. Let me tell you something. Uh, my, my, my first point, and I got a few points here this morning, but my first point is trouble. Look at your neighbor and say trouble. See, trouble comes, but trouble is the one thing that will push you to Jesus. Sometimes you see your, see your trouble as, my God, I'm in trouble again. But at the same time, God sees it as a way to push you to him. When a mama sees her babies in trouble, let me tell you something. Don't mess with a praying mama because she'll pray for you on Sunday and she will whoop you on Monday. Come on, somebody. And she's still a praying mama. This mama, her baby was in trouble. And although all the religious people and everything around, she couldn't get to the uh, uh, people who served God and, and, and worshiped God and, and went into their temple because they didn't accept people from another nationality. They didn't accept people from another uh, place to come in. You had to be just like them. Uh, let me tell you something. Life Changers Church, uh, we, 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 I don't care what you look like. Come on, somebody. I don't care, I, I don't care where you came from. Uh, I don't care if you're Baptist, if you're Methodist, uh, if you're Presbyterian. I'm not here to change your denomination. I'm just here to preach Jesus to you. I'm here just so that you know that Jesus died on the cross for you. And this woman came because she couldn't get to the one people that talked about their God that could heal, their God that could restore. They talked about it, they bragged about it, and everybody in the region knew about it. And this woman had a daughter that was possessed. Let me tell you something. Some of you mamas, sometimes you said, I think my kids are possessed. <laughs> Sometimes you think, what in the world got into them? I mean, praise God, I kept my grandkids this weekend. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, they can mess up a house faster than lickety split. I mean, you can be in one bedroom, and when they're real quiet, look out. Look out. Praise God. Uh, matter of fact, I was in there uh, making dinner. My wife came out, and she said, where's the kids? And I said, playing. She goes, uh-huh. <laughs> she goes right in there, and, and I, heard, I heard Anna say, why did you mess that floor up like that? Why did you do that? And I said, uh-oh. And they was just gone two minutes. But this mama came because she searched for help for the babies. Let me tell you something what a praying mama does. A praying mama doesn't give up. A praying mama doesn't care if her kid went to prison. Come on, somebody. A praying mama doesn't care, uh, praise God, uh, if, 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 
if, if their children comes in one day and says, Mama, I'm homosexual or lesbian. Now, now listen, we, 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 we don't believe that we can be like that, but a mama doesn't care. A mama still prays. The whole world looks out, and they want to judge them and point their fingers at them, but a mama prays because when their children is in trouble, it doesn't matter. A mama prays. Come on, somebody. Don't you mess with a praying mama. Don't you mess with a praying mama because a praying mama will, will absolutely she'll call out to Jesus and she'll cry out to Jesus and this woman came because her baby was in trouble. Not only was her baby in trouble, but the second point is the Bible said that she cried out. This word cried in the Greek is crazo. That's where we get the word crazy in English. She cried out like a crazy woman. She went crazy with her praise. She didn't have the Baptist nod. She came to church uh, looking for Jesus, uh, and she went crazy, so much so that when they looked around, they thought, we've never seen anybody act like this. Uh, praise God. I've seen people come to this church uh, in the middle of praise and worship. Uh, they couldn't find their purse uh, or their wife or their children fast enough to get out. Praise God. I've witnessed it. Uh, hallelujah. Because when the Holy Ghost began to move and hit in this place, uh, they was like, uh, I'm in the wrong place. Uh, praise God. Uh, and this woman went crazy with her praise. Uh, she's crying out. Jesus just come from a religious meeting. He just come from, from being rebuked because they said, your disciples, you have broken a law. It wasn't even a law. It wasn't even a rule. The only ones that even practiced washing your hands before you eat was the Jews. And they made it up to separate themselves because what religion does is he will come up with a made-up and a man-made rule to try to make you special more than you are. The only thing that makes you special is the blood of Jesus. Jesus. Come on, somebody. Because you put your jeans on just like everybody else. You brush your teeth and comb your hair just like everybody else. And I hope you take a bath just like everybody else. But at the same time, the only thing that makes us special is the blood of Jesus. And he's coming from this. And now he's got a woman crying out. She's saying, help me. Jesus, she got crazy. That word cried out means crazo, crazy with her praise. She was doing things completely different than anybody else had ever done. And she come up to Jesus and, and his disciples, he said, she cries out for us. Listen to me. Listen, if you come to church to see Roger Brown, you came for the wrong thing. You got to come to church to see Jesus. And once you begin to cry out, because here's the thing, some churches and some leaders and some people and some preachers think people are coming to see them. Honey, let me tell you something. His disciples said, they cry out for us. Jesus ignored him and think, man, y'all don't, don't even have a clue. They ain't crying out for you. She's trying to get my attention. She's trying to get me. But because you got a religious spirit just like everybody else, you're not wanting to hear her. And sometimes we can get so caught up in our own dilemma, we can get so caught up on who we are. On, well, I'm Pentecostal. <laughs> well, sit down. Pentecostal don't get you into heaven. The blood of Jesus gets you into heaven. If you want to speak in tongues, praise God, speak in tongues because that is your prayer language all the way up to heaven. But you don't need to speak in tongues to have a relationship with God. But I would tell you something. 
that the Holy Ghost is like the phone booth is the Clark Kent. It makes you completely bulletproof. And when you get into that prayer language of the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you what now, the Apostle Paul said, I would rather you say 10 words and words that they could hear than 10,000 words in tongues that they didn't understand. And we have to understand that the Holy Ghost, it is for us that we begin to pray. There's tongues and interpretations, what we had here this morning. And this is what's supposed to operate in the church. If that scares you and you don't understand it, I'm sorry, but it's in the Bible. And we're not getting away from it. We are Bible teachers. We are Bible preachers. And when they prophesy, it is so that we can edify the church. And so they're thinking they're crying after them. But here's the thing. She comes to Jesus, and the first thing she says is, have mercy on me. Let me tell you something. If you're ever asking God for mercy, it means because you're already guilty. Whew. I know nobody here in the church want to have mercy. But if you're coming to God and you're saying, have mercy on me, you're already admitting that you are guilty and you do not want to be charged with what you're guilty for and you need God to have mercy upon you. She cried out with a crazy praise and her next statement was, have mercy on me. The reason why she said, because she knew that she did not have the right to approach a rabbi of his statue and she knew that. But she said, Lord, have mercy on me have mercy on me I remember one time when I was about 8 or 9 years old we was at, in Lane Oklahoma Lane Pentecostal Church of God and we was all outside and and you know us boys about 8 or 9 years old you know how boys are sometimes and one boy said I can throw a rock over this tree and other boys said well, I can throw a rock over two trees and so we decided we was going to see who could throw the rock the farthest so we got out there and we grabbed them rocks and I mean we took a run and I, and I mean we throwed and we thought about this time this woman come out of the church and she walked around getting her car and her window was busted on the other side and she come back out, and because we was throwing rocks, she decided that one of us had busted a window out. And I can tell you right now, none of us was even over there to that side. And she walked over there, and she looked at me, and she said, did you throw a rock and bust my window? And I said, no. And she looked at the other person, the other person. Well, my mom was inside the church. Let me tell you something. This was one of those Holy Ghost services. Let me tell you something. This is when the women got around, and they prayed until you prayed through. And I mean, church had lingered. Praise God, my mom was right up in the middle of them. Praise God, and church had lingered. My mom still had tears in her eyes. Her hair was a little messed up. Praise God. I don't know. She might have kicked her shoes off. I don't know. Hallelujah. But she was all up, and all the women in the church, they was, they was just hugging each other. This woman grabbed me up by the arm, and she opened up that front door, and she walked into that church, and my mom was looking. She looked out, and she saw a woman had a hold of me. And I mean, she just got done praying. Come on, somebody. And I mean, she come, and she met that woman right in the middle of that church she said turn loose of him right now she said he she said turn loose of him right now or we gonna step outside Amen. that woman turned listen to me come on now that woman turned loose to me and she said and, and, and that woman said he, he he busted my window and she said I don't care what he busted you don't ever touch him like that again listen listen don't mess with a praying mama and so come to find out somebody else who she had made mad showed up to church and busted the window out. 
It come out about two weeks later. But at the same time, she saw us throwing rocks, and she decided we was the one doing it, and so she picked the littlest one there. <laughs> and drug me in there, but she didn't know she's going to approach a mama bear. She thought, well, this was little. Maybe his mama's little. Oh, she's little, all right. But she met her in the middle of that aisle, and she said, you turn loose in his arm. And let me tell you something. She did not care what kind of trouble I was in. She didn't care who, whose window I busted out. She was going to be the one to take care of me, and nobody else was. Let me tell you something. There is something about a mama's love. It will go the distance. There is something about his mama's love. They will get crazy in the middle of the schoolyard parking lot and still go to church on Sunday. Come on, somebody. There's something about a mama's love. Let me tell you something. Mamas, I'm not saying that you're perfect or you always got to be perfect, but as long as you put Jesus in front of your family, as long as you show them what it looks like to pray, as long as you show them what it looks like to give to the outside and give to the hurting and give to the abandoned, come on somebody, it's about the heart. And when, my, when a praying mama begins to pray and search God and seek God, she will protect her family at all costs. She's seen something that nobody else seen. She called Jesus by his messianic name. She said, son of David. Listen, hang on just a minute. Religious people, sometimes they forget what they come for. She's on the outside of Canaanite woman and she's needing help and she's saying, have mercy on me because I know I'm not a Jew like you. I know that I haven't went through all the ceremonies like you went through. I know that I haven't laid all the sacrifices like you want to, but my baby's in trouble. So have mercy on me and forgive me before I ever get here and have mercy upon my situation. And then she says, now son of David, why nobody else, all of the religious people around, well, they understood that, that, that the word of God told David he said because of you you will establish the kingdom of God and it is inside of you and because of you it will stay here David from now on it will be in your loins and so she comes up and calls him by his messianic name while everybody else is looking around trying to figure out who you talking about she says have mercy on me thou son of David <coughs> See, mamas, they see things. Let me tell you something. Even when, when, when one of my boys, this is why Anna will say sometimes, because sometimes the boys will come up, we'll be talking, Anna, and she'll walk through the room and she'll just kind of, you know, be nosy. Then when the boys leave, she'll say, what's wrong with Tanner? Nothing? Yeah, there's something wrong with him. I can, sit, I, I can sit all over his face. See, mamas see things that we don't see sometimes. I mean, I don't know. It looked fine to me. So then later on, I'll call Tanner. Oh, daddy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he's like, no, man, everything's cool. Everything's cool. And, and then we get to talking, and then it finally comes out. And then I'm like, how did Anna know that? How did it miss me? See, mamas can see Thing. This woman, this mama came, and when she saw Jesus, she called him by his messianic name while everybody else around him just seen him as Jesus, the one who's healing people, but she saw through it. She saw exactly who he was, and she knew he was a, he had come straight from the throne room of God, and she knew that he was the only one that could heal her daughter at that time, and she was taking the risk by even approaching him. 
See, there's a lot of people sometimes, this is what they say. Well, I don't want to go to church because there's just too many religious people there and they just like to judge you. Honey, let me tell you something. Put that camera right here. I don't care. I'm not your judge. God didn't call me to be your judge. He called me to preach the word of God, to open up the place in your life and to show you a place closer to him. And I believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart that every life changer that's in this place feels and believes just like I do. We welcome you. We want to love on you. We want to help you. I don't care what side of the tracks you grew up on. Come on, somebody. I don't care. I don't care how long you've been in trouble. I don't care who lied on you. I don't care how many times you've been in a penitentiary. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, God already spoken this place and he told us we was the mother to this generation stand to your feet in this house of God and give my God a hand clap of praise hallelujah look at your neighbor and say you got to stand up quicker listen she calls him by she's seen through listen she's in trouble Listen, 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 when you get in trouble, a lot of the church people say, huh? well, old Billy's in trouble again. Well, Billy's got a praying mama, so stay out of it. Come on, somebody. Well, I don't know. Oh, Tanner's in trouble again. Let me tell you something. Do not let that platinum blonde hair fool you. Miss Anna Brown will be all over you. And then I'll be behind her and say, get him, honey. <laughs> She's sitting over looking at me like. See, she, she seen, she was in trouble. See, sometimes what happens is, is when we get in trouble, we like to hibernate or hide. But trouble is actually what it's doing is God is allowing the trouble to expose you to him. Because if we get in trouble too deep, we get crazy. We get desperate. There ain't nothing like a desperate praise. Let me tell you something. I know, I know that we ain't got to come here and beg God for nothing. We ain't got to. He has changed that order of command. Now, all we do is we command it in the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, in his word, he said, if you're ever in trouble, just use my name. But there are times when desperate times come, and we know that as humans, we know there are desperate times. There are times when we ask God and we haven't seen it. But my goodness, we needed it since last Monday, and nothing has happened. And so we turn on to the desperate praise. <laughs> That's when you come to church and you don't care who sees you. That's when you come to church and you praise God like nobody else has ever seen in their life. They're looking over saying, well, I ain't never seen that kind of praise from a life changer. Well, honey, it's because they're desperate. Honey, it's because they've been calling on God. Honey, it's because when they walked into this place, they felt the presence of Jesus. And they knew that the son of David, who also become the son of God, came into this place and they recognized it. And they started calling out. Sometimes we get so caught up on our own dilemma and our own stuff that, praise God, we 
start looking looking at everybody else and, and, and trying to find what everybody else is doing and we never discover how much we can really operate in the gifts and the glory of God when we begin to praise him. And she came in. She walked right up in the middle of a religious crowd. And while the disciples wanted to throw her out, Jesus said, hush. But then she says, my daughter has a demon. Will you heal her? And he said, I've only come. Listen, it looks like he's acting like the rest of them. He says, I've only come for the lost sheep of Israel. Anybody else would have come up and acted like a fool like that? Let me tell you something. If you ever come to church and act like a fool like that and nothing ever happens, you'll walk out like this. Oh, my God, I just made a note of myself. I just cannot believe I did that. I do not know. My goodness. One of these days, you're going to do that, Titus. I want He's going to walk out and think, my God, I can't even go to work tomorrow. Listen, most people... When they act a fool like that and then Jesus comes back with an answer and he says, I only have been sent for the lost house of Israel, the lost sheep of Israel. Most people would have ducked their tails and said, well, I made a fool of myself and he ain't going to help me. No, not a praying mama. Come on. Not a praying. You don't mess with a praying mama. They don't care who sees them. They don't care what they acted like. You don't mess with a praying mama on a mission. And so, and, 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 and so when the other disciples like, yeah, Get her, Jesus. Get that crazy woman out of here. He starts walking and she comes back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She comes back. And she came back and she said, oh, Jesus, Jesus, you, you got you, you to gotta help me. He said, I, he, he said, listen, I don't throw my table, my, 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 my food uh, to the dogs. He said, they are for my people, my place. I'm just preaching on your, language, your level here just for a minute. Listen to me. I, I'm not going to sit and eat and feed every little stray or every little uh, uh, puny dog or somebody out of my place or somebody don't look like me or somebody don't worship like me or somebody don't drive a car like me or live in my neighborhood. Come on, somebody. He said, I don't do that. I come for special people just for my own people. And she said, but even the little dogs, he's got to eat from the crumbs of the master's table. Let me tell you something. When it looked like that his disciples thought, yeah, he's on our level, all of a sudden, the praying mama, she's got tenacity. She's got a bulldog a jaw and a lock on that. And she ain't walking away. And when Jesus saw that, he he said, oh, woman, I've never seen faith like yours. I've never seen faith like yours. He said, go on. Your daughter's healed. Listen, if you've ever been in church and you've been praying for a breakthrough and a miracle and all of a sudden you felt something, Has anybody ever felt something and then on the way home got a phone call? Felt God just. You didn't see it. You wasn't there, but your spirit knew it. And on the way home, before you got home, you got the call. Or you got the email. Or you got the Facebook memo. 
That's what God begins to do. Listen to me. You pray, mamas, I need to tell you something. Stay in there. I need to tell you something right now. Stay in there. I need to say it again. Stay in there. Stay in there. Don't give up and don't quit. I know other people, they see your love for your children and it's a little strange and it's a little annoying and they don't understand it, but keep up. I know your kids may not be angels in the neighborhood, but they are still here because of your love. They are still alive because of your prayers. They didn't go to jail that night because you prayed. I need to tell you so. I need to tell you right now. So many times I've been stopped and pulled over. Praise God. Praise God. And the officer come up to my door and and, and looked at me and said, "I tell you what, you better get home. <laughs> come on, somebody." And when I get home, Mama been praying because Mama knew I was in trouble, and Mama would tell God, "Lord, he can't go to jail another time. He can't go to jail another time." And I didn't go to jail another time. Come on, somebody. There was something about a prayer mama that will stand up she will call out and even even when she's guilty of acting like a fool in front of the neighborhood she'll still come to Jesus come on somebody she'll still come to Jesus and she'll still pray and she'll still call out and you'll still get your answer see there's church people that can pray for you but they can't pray for you like your mama can because you hide a lot of stuff from church people your mama knows everything she knows every little detail. And she still says, come here, baby. Let mama give you a hug. <laughs> Even when you feel ashamed and don't want to show your face in public, mama says, come on over, let me cook you some dinner, honey. See, there's something about praying mamas. I'm going to tell you right now, there was something about praying mamas. They will stand in that position when everybody else is against you. They are for you when nobody else even knows. Your mama knows your story. Your mama knows who you are. Your mama knows who you're capable of. Your mama knows what God can do for your life. I'll never forget the day that Billy showed up to Pittsburgh. His mama called me and she said, your brother's coming to Pittsburgh. I said, good. She said, oh yeah, it's real good. She said, I want you to get him in church because I know that God is going to call him for something. I remember that first time he was over there in church and he said, over and he's just trying to be cool. <laughs> just like this. I walk over and I lay my hands on him. He did this. Then all of a sudden, the power of God got real strong and he started doing this. Next thing you know, he's reaching to make sure somebody's behind him. There was somebody behind him. When there's somebody behind him, he finally said, I don't trust these life changers. <laughs> he finally throwed his, true story, he finally throwed his hands up. And when he throwed his hands up, I prayed a little harder and prayed a little longer. And next thing you know, he started speaking in tongues. Come on, somebody. Right over here in the building over here. He started speaking in tongues and bam, he went out. He don't know, but I called his mama secretly and I said, hey, Billy got filled with the Holy Ghost. She said, got filled with what? See, she's Baptist. <clears throat> I thought, oh, it might be too much. <laughs> I said, he's talking tongues. She goes, oh, talk, oh, tongue talker. 
I said, yeah, he's a tongue talker. Well, I'm telling you what, from that moment on, she would call me, and she'd get in touch with me, and we'd be praying for Billy. Billy got filled with the Holy Ghost, and we just knew he's going to preach next Sunday. He got further and further away. He was running with everything that he had. Come on, somebody. I'm talking he was running. He was running hard. He was saying, I'm the gingerbread man. Catch me if you can, because I'm gone. And he was running and running. And I remember a couple of years later, after we begin to pray. I'm telling you right now, without a preacher around, without a worship team around, God got a hold of Billy up in Kansas City. He changed his heart. He changed his mind. And when he came back home, he said, I'm called to preach. I think I'm going to preach. And I told him, I said, I told you that three years ago. You'd have saved yourself a whole lot of trouble. Amen. If you just listen to your mama. Listen. Mamas, they pray. They get crazy with their prayers when one of their children is in trouble. A praying mama gets crazy with their prayers. But just because they come to church and they didn't see it, they don't walk out, they keep coming back. Come on, somebody. Thank God for praying mamas. Pastor Anna, come piano, please. Thank God for mamas who will get in touch with God. Thank God for mamas who will not give up. Thank God for mamas who will stand in the gap. And some of you praying mamas, y'all understand this. Even the kids in your neighborhood knows you pray. I know all the kids in my neighborhood know my mama prayed. They all knew. Oh, your mom must be praying. I said, yeah, she's praying. She's praying. Mamas began to pray. They pray. I had an aunt one time, and she was a preacher and in church and, do, and everything, r- raised her kids in church. She had a daughter that just wasn't doing what she needed to be doing. And the daughter moved home, and, and the daughter was out in the world. She's doing all kinds of things. And mama come in. She said, look, I love you, but this is my home, and it's sacred, and you're not going to come in here. And bring just every God you want to in here and do the things you're doing. She said, this, this home is known to God. You're going to respect my home. And, and so the daughter was just uh, uh, sneaking around and bringing people home. And she come home one day and another car in there, praise God. And she come in. There was another man in the daughter's bedroom. And she, and she thought, I'm going to kick that door down and I'm going to grab that dude up. And the Holy Ghost said, no. Just run around the house speaking in tongues. She's like, what? Said, yeah, just run around the house and start speaking in tongues. She said, okay, I'm about to get cray cray up in here. And she did. She ran around the house and she started speaking in tongues. I mean, she did about three laps. On the third lap, that old old joker got up out of that bed and he said, your mama's crazy. I'm out of here. (laughs) And he left. Listen, mamas get crazy. And even when their kids don't mind, she still don't go in there. Well, my mom used to slap me sometimes, but they don't do that no more. They just put you in timeout. <laughs> I've been beat with a water hose, overalls. Whew. You get one of those overalls, get one of those buckles come up around your lap. I'm telling you right now, I mean, you will have a rodeo up in that front yard. Listen, mamas, They know how to get in touch with God and no matter where you're at. They may not approve of the situation you're in, 
but they never disown you. They never go to the neighborhood and say, well, my kid is a mess. They go to the neighborhood even though, uh, even though you, you, you are jacked up uh, and messed up, and they go to the neighborhood and say, I want to show you a picture of my boy, my girl. Listen, because, because praying mamas, you're not going to mess with them because praying mamas know that God has turned it around and God will turn it around. He will turn it around. I think I told this story once before. I'm coming to a close. I was in Rockdale, Texas in 1993. Now, I'd been away from home. I was on the job, and we'd do 80 hours a week, and sometimes we'd work three and four weeks at a time. This time, we was out a little bit longer. We was out about six weeks. They didn't have cell phones back then. And so, and I laid up, drunk, drugged out, working 80 hours a week. My mama looked all over the place for me and couldn't find me. She finally called the home office there in Longview, Texas. And, and she said, and she told him who she was. And she'd been looking for her boy, her baby boy. I was the oldest, but I was a baby boy. And she hadn't heard from me. So they told her I was in Rockdale, Texas. But they didn't get the information on the motel. They didn't know that because each worker picked their own motel and they didn't check in. So she calls the sheriff's office. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, I get a knock at the door in Rockdale Sheriff's Office, or actually police department, knocks on my door, my motel door. I peeked out the window and I seen that suit and I thought, my God, what did I do? And I'm thinking, i actually been good for about a week. So I opened up the door and I said, hello. He said, are you Roger Brown? I was almost like, who's asking? I said, yeah. He said, sir, your mama has been trying to get a hold of you. She's asked me to come find you, and she wants you to go call her. I said, okay, I'll call her in the morning. He said, you must have had children. Must be. He said, no, sir. He said, you could call your mama. He said, and if you ain't got no money to do it, I'll give you some money. I said, I got some money. Had to go get all them quarters, and I put it in there about 2.30 in the morning. I called Five eight zero eight eight nine two four four six, and the phone rung one time. Boom! Picked it up. She didn't say hello. She said, "Roger." Some of you may not know, and some of you may know some of my story about my mom. But you better tell your mom you love her while she knows you. You better let your mom say, I love you. What? While her eyes still focus on you and she knows who you are. One thing mama has never forgot, me and Pastor Anna went down to the last time we was there and she was having a bad day. But before we left, we started praying. And she grabbed a hold of Anna. She grabbed a hold of me. We never even told mom about her home and her situation, about what happened to us. Never said anything. We, kept, we, we hadn't even told my dad because he's, he's got enough to worry about. And sure don't want crazy mama driving to Kansas and, and dealing with a slumlord, praise God. So, so, I'm, so, so 
so we're not even telling her anything. And so we go down there, and before we leave, my mama grabs a hold of Anna, and she grabs a hold of me, and she starts praying. And I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, for a day and a half, she wasn't making a whole lot of sense. But when she got a hold of God, I mean, the Holy Ghost hit that room, and the Holy Ghost began to fill that room. And then not only did mama pray, but she prophesied. And she said, there's a big blessing coming to you both. She said, she said the devil has tried to destroy you and take you down. She said, but there is a big blessing, a big blessing. A be- Come on, somebody. A big blessing coming to you. I'm here to tell you right now, don't you mess with a praying mama. The enemy may try to, try to take her mind, but he can't steal her soul. Mamas know, they know, they know. 